over a thousand churches were surveyed and pastors were asked what the top needs in their church were. And uh, one of the top responses of all pastors in that thousand pastor survey was the church needed more leaders. The church needed more leaders. Now, my name is Pastor Daniel. Uh, welcome you to the second episode of our Supercharged podcast. Last episode, uh, we talked about the definition of leadership, that it is really influence, nothing more, nothing less, and that uh, discipleship, which is this biblical thing that we're doing in the church that we're commanded to do, that we do via Supercharged, which is our, disciple, our discipleship and mentorship program, is really about building leaders because leadership and discipleship are actually very much the same thing. We just think about it in different terms biblically and, and through our church lens. And so my purpose of the last episode was to kind of uh, open up the definitions of those, compare them, look at them, and and hopefully convince you that if you're a discipler, then what you're really doing is building leaders. Uh, if you want to be discipled, then what really is happening is someone's trying to make you into a leader. And that is the biblical model of discipleship is all about modeling, uh, doing what you're supposed to do so that someone else can look at you and realize what it looks like to pursue Jesus and to obey God and do the will of God. And so really, uh, if, you, if you jump back to that episode, you can listen to that and kind of understand where we're at here when we talk about leadership pipeline, because uh, the natural next step of the conversation when we talk about discipleship being leadership development is well, then how do we do leadership development? You know, what does leadership development look like in the church? And um, so I want to talk about that because uh, look at these thousand pastors in American church, all saying they need more leaders. Now, top response, I think it was uh, something close to 70 or 80% of all those pastors uh, had, had one of their top, I think, three needs as leaders in the church. Those same pastors were asked do you have a leadership development program in your church? So not a discipleship program, but a leadership development program, meaning is there a pipeline to develop leaders in your church? And only one in four of those pastors said, yes, there's actually some sort of program to develop leaders, a, a pipeline. A pipeline is really just something that um, – develops leaders along the way and kind of has different development and different levels of leadership. So think about pastors saying, hey, one of the most important things in my church that, that's missing that I need in order to do ministry work, in order to do the will of God, in order to complete the Great Commission is leaders. And then a quarter of those saying, yeah, we have that. So, so three quarters of churches that say they need it don't even have it. And that's just to say they don't have a plan. That's not actually even asking, are they implementing the plan? Are they doing anything about it? Is it working? Is it successful? Is it producing leaders? And what that survey highlights, and the reason I'm bringing it up, is the gap in American church between what we realize we need and what we're actually spending our time on, right? There's a massive gap in American church about this idea around leadership. Now, some of that is uh, just indicative of problems culturally in American church. But leaders are incredibly important. I think you realize that innately, even if we maybe have some, some things wrong in terms of how we're doing church work and ministry work as the body of Christ. 
Why are leaders so important in the church? Well, uh, let's go back to some stuff we've talked about many times in the history of our church, which is that we are uh, intending to be soldiers on a on a mission, right? We're, we're, we're soldiers for Jesus Christ. And um, so the church's call is to build armies, not audiences. Armies, not audiences, meaning... Uh, this 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 weird American phenomenon of like there being a few people that are involved in kind of running the church, and then everyone else is sort of this audience that comes in on a Sunday and I don't know, listens or watches or what have you, uh, and then leaves is just not church. It's not anywhere near the biblical definition of church. I don't exactly sure what it is, but it's certainly not church. We need leaders because armies need leaders. They need officers. They need not just generals, but colonels and lieutenants and sergeants. And uh, we need leaders because the Bible, especially in the New Testament, shows us, I mean, there's so many areas in the New Testament in the formation of the early church that is about leadership development. Uh, Apostle Paul just writes whole books on Developing leaders it is very important. It is it is critical. And if we're really going to multiply, if we're really going to spread the gospel, it's going to require multiplication. Um, and we could even look at different analogies of how that happens. But but it takes leaders. I mean, you're, the, the biblical model is not grow your church to be really big and effective and wealthy. Uh, that's at all. That's just it's not a thing. I know I know we're in the era of the mega church, but that is not a thing. The biblical model of the church is to be grow in effectiveness and love for Christ so that it produces leaders that plant churches. And we want to be measured by planting churches that plant churches. We we want a multiplication model that is about spreading the gospel, not about making ourselves famous or making ourselves big. So we've got to grow leaders and then not be afraid to send them out. Uh, to support them, to help them plant churches and spread the gospel. So it is critical. It's absolutely critical. Now, here's let's talk about building a leadership pipeline. Like what does leadership development look like in the church? So the first question we should probably answer, because uh, it comes up from time to time, are leaders born or are they created? Are they trained? Are leaders born? Are you just a natural born leader or is it something that you can train? And the answer is it's both. It's both. Uh, absolutely, there are people that are born with just charisma. Uh, they naturally can rally people to them and, and share vision and just, they're just, it's easy to, to no matter what they do, people want to follow them. Uh, and they're very effective leaders. So there, there are different leadership styles, but there are some things that people can be born with, talents and competencies and personalities that make them much more prone to be good leaders. Now, but there are also skills. Uh, John Maxwell, the uh, kind of guru of leadership in the modern day in his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which you'll hear us quote a lot, talks about this, that in any organization, the organization can only rise to the level of the leader that is in, ultimately in charge. And that leader has a lid, a uh, leadership capacity, and the, the organization can never rise above that level. Now, what he also talks about is how that leader can grow that level, increase that level through training, through competency, through development, and in doing so, raise the level of the whole organization. So leaders, um, leadership is a combination of two things, and this is why you can be born with some of these things, but development's going to be necessary. Leadership is a combination of character, 
on one side and competency on the other side. And so I want you to just think of a coin in your mind. And on one side of that coin, we would write character. On the other side of that coin, we'd write competency. And here's the point. They're they're both the same coin. They're just a different face of the same coin. They, they're not two different things. They're just uh, different uh, views or perspectives of the same thing. And both of them matter. And so no leader... Uh, is measured by only one. All leaders are measured by both. And therefore, if we want to develop leaders, it, it will be our responsibility to ensure that we're developing both character and competency. And I think you'll uh, there's a pretty good biblical framework to look at that. We can talk about a few of those things. Um, but but we're going to look at character and competency. And I'm explaining the difference. Now, let me start first just explaining leadership competencies. Uh, leadership competencies are just a set of skills, right? Uh for instance, a leadership competency is uh, communication. Being able to communicate effectively is a skill. Some people are kind of naturally talented at it, but man, you can develop that. Um, being able to cast vision, you know, really paint a picture of what needs to happen or, or the motivation uh, for a need uh, to be fulfilled, to, to look ahead and uh, talk about the, the urgency of those things. The, the, these are skills. Now, you can be naturally good at some of them, but you can also develop these things as well. Uh, course correction, being able to analyze and look at something and, and see where it's going wrong and where it could be done better and where it could be more efficient. These are skills. And, and they, they might go by different names uh, in, in various leadership uh, textbooks and things like that, but these are skills. These are competencies. Now, here's what I want you to know. Uh, a skill uh, that, that a leader might be good at at one level of leadership, maybe leading 10 people, might actually look a lot different if they had to lead a thousand people. And so even in that competency, there's sort of levels of that skill and that competency. You might be really good at communicating to 10 people in a room um, and uh, not very good at like one-on-one -on -one, you know, conflict resolution uh, issues. Or you might be really good at, at communicating to 10 people in a room and just really not that good at communicating to a thousand people on a stage. So, so, so there's some, some differentiation there that, that we're going to work through, but of all the different skills that are necessary. And when, at one point in this podcast, we're going to walk through kind of the categories of skills in this, in this whole competency area for leadership, um, of all the skills that you can learn to be an effective leader in any ministry in the church. So let's talk about the church, about 70% of those skills are transferable to any ministry in the church. So of all the, the skills that you have to learn in, say, our children's ministry, about 70% of all the skills that you would need to be a really effective leader in children's ministry are perfectly transferable if you went and worked in the creative arts ministry, if you went and worked in the discipleship ministry, if you went and worked in guest experience. Uh, because these are leadership skills and they're universal and they're important and there's a lot of crossover here. And what that tells us is we can take those things, those competencies, that 70%, and we can train everyone in our leadership pipeline, everyone as they're being discipled and grown in the Lord, those things. And then it doesn't matter what ministry they're in or even if they move between ministries or even between churches, those things are still transferable. And so those are the things we're going to focus on when it comes to leadership competencies. Um, competencies can be innate. So you can, again, be born with some things, um, but they can also be trained, developed, learned. Um, and it's our job to, as leaders in the church, uh, to, to point those things out and have a, 
a way in which we're developing those in the people in the church. And it's your job. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's your job to grow those, to, to find areas of development that are necessary to make you a more effective leader because making you a more effective leader will make you a more effective disciple maker. And you are called to be a disciple maker, okay? So if you're listening to this, it's for you. I just want you to hear that. And then, of course, we mentioned the, the skill, the competency changes a little bit. Um, as you go up in levels of leadership, you have more people that you're leading. Now, that's one side of the coin, leadership competencies. There's another side of the coin, and that is leadership character. And the, the <laughs> there are a lot of minimum requirements in character to, to be a leader at all biblically. So if we open the Bible and we just look at you know the, the biblical requirement of a believer in Jesus, and then the, the biblical call to, let's say, a member of a church, which is just anyone's part of the body of Christ. And then we look at, there's a minimum, and these are all, these are all uh, characteristics, right? These are like character uh, requirements, behavior requirements about your character. Uh, there's a minimum requirement to be a deacon. There are minimum requirements to be an elder. There are minimum, like in each of these areas, the Bible lays these things out and says, boy, you've got to be long-suffering. You've got to be patient. You've got to be slow to anger. You got, I mean, like this, there's, a, there's a litany of this in the Bible that, that sets the standard of what it looks like to have leadership character. Now, in the church, in the American church, we're actually generally a little bit better about paying attention to developing someone's character than we are about developing their competencies. So we're actually pretty good about looking around and going, boy, uh, so-and-so needs to grow in patience or they, you know, they really need to grow in kindness uh, because we see those things. And we're generally, a lot of our discipleship in the church ends up being kind of focused around uh, characteristics and, and character development, which is actually, it's a good thing, but it tends to be a little bit um, weighted where we kind of have a blind spot and tend to miss this idea that we also need to grow some competencies and some skill. Um, but some churches can go the opposite way. There, there are certainly churches that would, would say, listen, we just got to train them on the competencies of, let's say, doctrine. You know, they got to understand theology and they got to understand doctrine. They got to understand all, all hermeneutics. Um, and we're not going to spend a, a great deal of time, you know, worrying about developing their character. And I would tell you, again, two sides to the same coin, all of it matters. So a lot of character is just innately taught based on the culture of the church. The culture of your church teaches a lot about what character is required inside the church. But character is a non-negotiable foundation. So, so whereas we can teach competencies, and, and, and to some extent, we can we can see teach character, but character is such a an internal thing, right? So uh, let me give you an example of that um, about how how character works. Many times in my ministry experience, and you may have have had an experience like this, uh, I'll hear someone say, "Boy, there's clearly a calling on this person's life, but the character is just not there yet." Uh, in fact, I think that there's a lot of times where. God has a has a calling on someone and you can see it and you have this realization that it's kind of a, man, God's going to do something great in them, but not yet because the character just hasn't reached a minimum level for them to, to do anything really substantial for the Lord uh, because he's working on that, that character. I would tell you if I, and I don't think this is universally true, I, so I think there might be some exceptions to this, but I would, I would even submit uh, when it comes to 
character. The character is a matter more of the heart. And competency is a matter of like a skill. So it's a little bit more of a, a head thing or even a hand thing, right? I mean, you, you, you skills, you make, you could you make stuff with your hands um, or you, um, and that, 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 you know, maybe a carpenter has this great skill, both intellectually and with their hands, a talent, a th- thing like that. But character is a, a matter of the heart. So a competency, um, I'll give you an example, might be something like when it comes to honoring your team, honoring other people, expressing gratitude toward them and appreciation. Uh, if you've ever, and most of us have probably heard this, heard you know, Gary Chapman's five love languages, uh, where we're really talking about how best to express appreciation and or love and honor, uh, to other individuals, how they like to receive it. Uh, and, and, and there's a, you know, there's a really great competency you can learn around understanding that, recognizing it in people, recognizing how to best meet their needs. And that's a skill. Once you understand it and you learn it, you can go practice it. Uh, so in some sense, it's very intellectual, right? It's informational. You learn this information. You go, oh, I get it. Now I can use it. Versus character tends to be very transformational, meaning that God has to transform your heart because it's not like any of us usually on the character side don't know what is supposed to be good. So for instance, we all as Christians know that we're supposed to be patient. We're supposed to be meek. We're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to be gentle. But simply knowing those things doesn't make us those things. So they're not intellectual. They're transformational. They actually require work from the Holy Spirit in our lives where we are accepting the work that God's doing in our life and we're participating in that work and allowing him to transform us so that we can actually display those characteristics in our life uh, more genuinely and more frequently and, and at a deeper level. And so of those two sides, okay, of that coin, you've got competencies on one side. So there's these skills, this information work where we can we can teach skills and we can give you information. And then there's this character side that is largely transformational. And it, it's going to require Holy Spirit work. It's going to require time and experience and probably failure. Uh, it's going to require an openness to the Holy Spirit. It's going to require other Christian brothers and sisters that are pushing in on us and helping us with those things so that we can be transformed and our character can grow. However, character is the non-negotiable foundation of Christian leadership. And what I mean by that is we're not going to put anyone into leadership if they don't have a minimum level of character. Now, you can have almost no skills and we can teach those skills because they're informational, put you into a small leadership role, teach you those things, uh, and you can begin to practice those. But if you lack uh, minimum character, it's going to be very difficult to put you in any position of influence or authority. Now, you may find yourself in those positions because, uh, again, you you may be an influencer on your own without anyone putting you in a position like that. But church leadership doesn't want to do that because your character is not ready. So let me just see if I can give you an example. The, you could have someone who's had high high skills in leadership and, and then low character, and we would all kind of admit, oh, that's a, that's a terrible leader. Uh, you have someone who's a great communicator. They're very articulate. They're very convincing. Uh, maybe they're great at rallying people. They're very charismatic and uh, very just personality is attractive, but they have no integrity. They just l- massive lacks of integrity. And we 
may you may know someone like that. Those people are terrible leaders. They devastate people with uh, their poor leadership because of the lack of integrity. Uh, the opposite, someone that's just a kind of a tough communicator. They're not really clear. They can be kind of confusing. Uh, they they they're not a they, maybe they're not really very naturally talented at at, at uh, rallying people together and not very charismatic. But man, they they just have really good character. You know, very you, you trust them. They've shown phenomenal integrity and long suffering. That person, they you can start working with that person and become a good leader. So so even though they're two sides of the same coin, they're different in their nature, informational versus transformational. They're different in how they're trained and, and grown. Um, and character becomes the non-negotiable minimum foundation, whereas competencies, you know, may start super low and we can still have something to work with, whereas character if it doesn't have minimum requirements, we can't hardly get started in the leadership side. Uh, we, we just do a lot of work on the character. So uh, this is why in our church, for instance, we have a leadership vetting process where before we approach people about positions of leadership, uh, we're having uh, converse, private conversations outside to, to people that know that individual, the people that have walked with that individual uh, to their accountability or their group partners talking about integrity, talking about personality, talking about these these various character things to ensure that before we even get to the position of talking to someone about uh, a position of authority, a position of leadership, there are some minimum character kind of references that have, have uh, voiced their uh, affirmation of that person's character. Um, all right. We got to teach both. We do. Uh, but they're learned in different fashions. And so we kind of talk a little bit about this, about how this is learned, because this is going to shape what we do in mentorship. It's going to shape what we do in supercharge. It's going to shape what we do in the leadership pipeline. Uh, I want you to think of three circles that kind of overlap in the middle. So we take three circles. You've probably all seen a diagram like this. You know, each circle has a, a different thing in it, but then each of them kind of overlap. And there's one point where all three touch and uh, and overlap and and we uh, i want to i want to explain that to you if you can get that that visual in your head so you have one circle that says experience and it's just life experience it's 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 ministry experience it's uh like you know uh things that there's no replication for you have to kind of go through them and take your lumps take your knocks and uh, that's one bubble and another circle is just uh knowledge it's just information it's it's great information about uh, leadership and competency and, and the Bible and all, all of the different types of information that would help us to grow in, in leadership, both in uh, biblical leadership and Christian leadership, uh, in, in human leadership. And then the third is mentoring or, or coaching. It's, it's uh, individuals that, that, that are walking alongside us and they're, they're pointing out flaws and they're uh, encouraging our strengths and and it's it's like haptic feedback right it's what a great mentor is doing is they're kind of pushing on us in all these avenues and um all three of those things are really necessary to grow fast like like the best growth the best development in leadership and christian leadership and biblical leadership is when all three of those things are present we have experience. We're kind of in the moment. We're we're in the ministry. We're we're participating in the church or evangelism or whatever this happens to be. At the same time, we're getting information about how we can grow. Biblical information, doctrinal, theological, uh, leadership, communication, casting vision—all these different types of ways we can grow as leaders. Reading leadership books, reading doctrine books, reading books about the church. 
And then the third is mentoring. So we have a person that's, that's participating with us, uh, watching us, observing us, walking with us, holding us accountable, encouraging us along the way, and teaching us, right? So all three of those things together really will multiply the effect of our discipleship. And so we, we want that. And I would love for you to think in your mind, where do I have those three things in my life? So where do I, where, where am I, you know, experiencing? So it's not in a vacuum, right? You're not studying leadership and studying the Bible and studying theology and studying doctrine, but not actually doing any of it. Cause that, that actually will really slow down the effect of this. Like, so where am I participating? Where do I serve? Uh, where am I, where am I discipling? Where am I evangelizing? Where am I leading? Where am I serving? Where am I submitting? Like wh wh where in your life and, and in the church are you doing that? So you can identify that number one. Number two, what are my learning sources? Not just the Bible, but where in the Bible? How, how often, what books, um, what teachers, what, what um, <clears throat> podcasts do I listen to? What books do I read? What devotions do I go through? Like where, where am I investing real time in becoming better, a better disciple of Jesus Christ and therefore a better disciple maker. And the third, who's the mentor? Like who's the person? Uh, and you can think about it, who am I mentoring as well. You can think about who am I being mentored by. That's one of the big things that's supercharged. So we want you to be able to identify all three of those things. How do they overlap? Where do they overlap? And that's a lot of the framework of supercharged was trying to create a structure for you to make sure that you have those three things that, that they're overlapping together um, so that we can make sure you're you're in this leadership pipeline being developed in these areas. Now, uh, secondly, leadership development, you know, disciple making is progressive, not linear. So it, it, it's not a straight line. We're just trying to take next steps. So they don't always happen in a in a perfectly straight line. Uh, there's times where you feel like you're taking steps back, taking steps forward, but we're really pushing on that transformation and development for our leaders. And um, I just last last thing, and I'll wrap this episode up give you some things to continue to think about. We're going to pour a lot of work and effort as a church into disciple making uh, your growth in your pursuit of Christ. So we, we want to be really intentional about creating space and environments and resources to help people grow, become better leaders, better disciple makers, better disciples of Jesus. And yet, at the same time, as we pour that that the, all those resources in, all that time, all the man hours, the years of walking with someone and teaching them, and and doing life with them, and dealing with their failures, which is sometimes the some of the best teaching moments. Uh, at the end of the day, we'll probably send a lot of those people out of the church to go plant churches, to go to other ministries, to go to other callings that God calls them to. That's by design. That, that's how the Bible designs it. That's the, the effort of multiplication. Not everyone that you are sent is meant to stay with you. Not everyone that you invest in is meant to, to be with you forever. That's a tough pill to swallow sometimes when we get really emotionally attached to people. Uh, I know personally, and yet that is the biblical call. So just reminder, um, leadership pipeline, leadership development is in critical in churches. It's overlooked in churches. Uh, it shouldn't be. Leaders are critically important. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, you are a leader if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ because you're called to be a disciple maker. So your leadership development matters. Churches are building armies, not audiences. Uh, so we have a lot of work to do here. Leaders are both born and trained. I mean, we, we are constantly developing no matter how good of a leader you are today or you were born as two sides of the coin, competencies and character 
Characters non-negotiable competencies can be taught. Characters transformational competencies are informational. And uh, it is our job to try to combine three things to help develop you. Your experience, so you got to be participating in the ministry of the church and the work of the church, uh, serving in, in in different ministries in order to have that experience. Serving even outside the church, serving by uh, you know evangelizing to uh, neighbors and coworkers and people at the gym, you know, doing life with folks so that the, there is experience that the Holy Spirit can use to develop you. Coaching or mentoring, which we're trying to get done through supercharged and then knowledge, um, information, resources, areas to learn books and workbooks, uh, devotionals and good teaching. We want to combine those three so that we create a process. It won't be perfectly linear. It'll take time, uh, that will begin to really develop your leadership skills and character. So you continue to be a more effective disciple maker for Jesus Christ. Appreciate you guys. I can't wait to uh, see you again and get episode three out. Thanks.